Welcome, welcome to Mozzie and the Muscle, our show about all things football and, well, maybe just a few things outside of that. We are not reporters, we are not journalists, but damn it, we do love to talk about it. Welcome into Mozzie and the Muscle. I am the Muscle, joined by my recently relocated co-host, Mozzie. And today, we are talking about the 2023 quarterback draft class. How you feeling about these youngins? Honestly, I don't know if I've said this a whole lot, but I'm, I feel pretty good about most of them. I think they all have flaws. Um some that they're born with and can't change (laughs) young and some that need some help but to be honest i think that we've got four first round quarterbacks possibly five and i feel pretty good about it it's nice to see yeah it's a uh it's a solid class there were definitely some pleasant surprises there were some spots where I'm hoping there's not a trap door, but there could be. But let's start with um, the guy who is both of our favorites, the one who Lady Gaga would say was born this way, uh, Bryce Young. (laughs) Oh, goodness. So I think if you took, and I don't say this kind of thing lightly, I think you know that. I think if you took all the intangibles that made somebody like Joe Montana great and you put them in an albeit short guy, you would have Bryce Young. Uh, that's, he's got the highest football IQ I think I might have ever seen from any prospect. It's really awesome. Like he's, he is so good at just reading defenses. They say he, they'll give him the playbook Sunday. He'll come back Monday with not only the playbook memorized, but thoughts on how to improve it and attack (laughs) the defense better. I think he's just absolutely brilliant. Um, I I would say he doesn't have the strongest arm, but he always gets it where it needs to go, mm-hmm. quite frankly. So I'm not really that concerned about it. He's good at scrambling. He's great under pressure. He's one of the only guys who has a pressure rating like above 70, mm-hmm. which is better than some other guys not under pressure. <laughs> uh, man, I think the only thing I could critique about his game as a quarterback is sometimes his footwork isn't the best when he's being flushed out of the pocket, but it's pretty minimal. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly understandable. I think he had one of the worst teams at Alabama that Alabama's put out. Yeah. By, by Alabama comparison. <laughs> yeah. Like it's definitely Alabama's weakest supporting cast that he had around him. And I think ultimately you can just see that the game slows down for him and he knows exactly where to go and what to do with the ball. He knows his routes and his reads. Um, Gosh, I think Young is is the guy. Yeah, I I hate invoking comparisons of guys who are like top notch, but I think in terms of his processor that the Mahomes comparison or like the saying like he has a processor that is short of only Mahomes is I think warranted here which 
again, feels insane to say to compare anyone to Mahomes because that's kind of what everyone's searching for. It's like the white whale at this point. But right. he's like on that level as far as like, yeah, taking what he sees on the field, matching it with what his brain has memorized from the playbook, from the scouting reports and putting it together on the field. And for me with Bryce Young, it was I had to like reset myself because for me, it was kind of love at first sight when I watched him against UC actually and the uh, the first time I watched it was against UC in the in that championship game the previous year and I was like this guy is so good I was like I was just blown away and I'm like okay I gotta come in this year with a blank slate and like forget that I'm like he's super good from what I saw but let me make sure that like wasn't just one game and I don't think it was just one game like the we talk about like the processor a lot and that's for me one of the most important things so he has that definitely i think if he were if he were the size of cj stroud there would be absolutely zero question in my opinion that he's the number one guy he'd be generational talent label number one this this that um and yeah with the arm strength i think it's kind of overblown the he doesn't have the top tier velocity um right yeah but which i think will at times in the NFL will get him picked off like while he's kind of adjusting. But I think it's overblown because like you said, it always gets there. <laughs> and I think it might just be that he like understands his velocity really well. And yeah, that- it's like he understands the physics of how much arc he has to put on it so that mm-hmm. it gets to the right spot, even if he's not pushing it out at a certain speed. Yeah. And we, we love a self-aware king. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and people are kind of spoiled with like Allen and Mahomes like launching sixty yards off their back foot and shit like that. But he'll he'll nail 40, 50 yards with just pinpoint accuracy, and he can push the ball downfield on the move. So like you don't you don't need to go like I know everyone wants the sixty five air yard bombs, but I don't <laughs> think that's it's not necessary. So it's really not. I mean, how often during a game do you actually see that? Yeah, maybe like once, or if you're Mahomes or Allen, like a couple times, but. No one, no one else is doing that like multiple times a game. So, no. Yeah, he's accurate. He can throw on the move. He's got the quick processor. His mistakes were, from what I saw, mostly related to his like arm strength not being there. He would not have like full footing, and he would try to get, fit it into a spot, and it just wouldn't quite get there. And that's that's where it's like, okay, like if you don't have that top tier like velocity arm strength and you're not on the right platform, there are going to be times where if you try to make that happen, it's going to mess up. And though, from what I saw, like most of his mistakes were that. And I think that's something you either one whole figure out and get rid of or two, you just live with that occasional fuck up. So I, I want to just mention again, his O-line was pretty shitty. It wasn't like terrible. It's still Alabama's O-line, but it was not great. And he, you could just tell he had the eyes in the back of his head, Gene. Mm-hmm. He just knew, okay, I got to move now. Time's, yeah. time's up. They didn't get open in time. And yeah. he was good at scrambling. Like, I think the only reason you wouldn't take Young is if you're just afraid of the size. And I think it is a warranted concern, but I still think that it's a chance you have to take. He, if you weren't slippery like he is, I would be more concerned. But you oh. know how, like, Kyler and Lamar will, like, jolt around and, like, some massive guy will get onto them and they'll somehow escape. And you're like, 
what he's not dead what? like <laughs> that's that's what bryce young does some not to that extent but he he does it at times and i think he did it like it was i don't know if it was against georgia or someone else like one of those teams were like some was it was it tennessee or something or florida maybe remember what there was one team that like i kept seeing just demolished quarterbacks um but anyway he was was it florida i don't know anyway i think it might have been tennessee or texas one of those orange teams that are the same in my brain um (laughs) but he can shed d lineman of like top 25 teams so like that was reassuring and what was also reassuring was his 22 that his 2022 campaign without mechie and jamison yep so having a good year without them was was also good to see um comp wise it was tough for me because like i mentioned like i don't want to comp someone to Mahomes because that just feels like not okay to do right. um some of his play style is kind of like lamar um if you move his slider from like running like running ability to passing ability i think that's kind of where we're at with him because like he moves around and like resets and throws like in the pocket on the move akin to Lamar, but coming out, he's definitely like way ahead of where Lamar was as a thrower. Um, not that Lamar is bad as a thrower, obviously coming out, but he has some limitations, but I don't think Bryce has those like throwing limitations. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know if I can give him a comp. I kept seeing Kyler and I really hate that. comp. <laughs> Because the only reason they're saying that is because he's a good short quarterback. But they're very different. Kyler relies on his legs a lot, and he does not understand the playbook and the scheme nearly as well as Bryce Young does. Yeah. Um, that's, I, why, uh, that's why I was at the Mahomes cop, but I didn't want to ride it because, like, <laughs> Mahomes, his legs are good, but it's his, like, last resort. And that's kind of right. what Bryce does. So... <laughs> If you can't tell, my apprehension to comp to Mahomes is just me really liking Bryce Young and not wanting to like set the bar too high on him. But he's not good in my in my brain. He yeah, absolutely. And I'm just gonna add in at the end here. If you're the Panthers, you absolutely traded up to get this guy. I know that there are concerns with you know his durability and his weight his frame i think specifically less so than his height being able to take hits but you can't pass on a guy with this potential upside yeah the the frame is one i know we kind of debated about a bit i didn't realize how narrow he was until i like zoomed in on pictures of him because like yeah it's hard to tell the pads and stuff like that um yeah his shoulders are narrow and that's kind of like the limiting factor on his upper body weight and you don't want him to put too much on and like mess up his flexibility up top. But the dude has the littlest butt I've seen on an NFL quarterback in a while. So And that's what I think he's gotta do. <laughs> I think he needs to ass train. He needs to... He's gotta squat. Get him in with right. Jalen Hurts. Get him he in with needs Nick to Chubb. Squat. Yeah. He's very he's got scrawny legs. He's very, very narrow. Um it doesn't look like his frame can support putting on a ton of weight, which I think is a concern. But get the butt in shape and then let the rest take form. Like mm. get that booty work out. <laughs> yeah, I I I think he can add uh, not easily in terms of like putting in the work to add it, but like his frame can easily support ten more pounds of muscle like in his lower half, like without a doubt to me. Upper half, I'm not sure. It might be might three. Be it might be seven. Yeah, I don't I don't know if he'll get ten without it limiting him. 
but he's like we saw like Lamar pull a couple lot, but he his shoulders are wider than Bryce's, and yeah, he's a little taller too. But he could also he could also just grow more too. So, and that's true too. I'm not gonna bank I, uh, on that, but yeah. If he can get to like 205, I think he'll be okay. Yeah, like an actual 205, not the right, not, not the combine that, yeah. 205. Yeah, <laughs> I think he can do that. And like as he gets older, the bone density will add some weight too. So. For sure. So I see that you also changed your number two. Was that I in the did. La- when was when did that happen? That happened shortly after you and I were talking about it the other day, and I was like, you know what, I. I actually think, and one of the reasons I did this is I think there is a chance that C.J. Stroud does drop a little um, in the draft. I think everyone's expecting it to go young Stroud, and I think there's a possibility that we see Stroud drop all the way to like, you know, four or so. And I think that it's because of, you know, the things that we talked about, which is, I would say, a big red flag for him. If you want to, he's our number three guy. But we can get into him if you want. Yeah, he he's just next on the dock, so might as well. Yeah, and I know a lot of mocks early on. A lot of the talk was Stroud number one, which because I have no clue who's going number one. Like the recent smoke has been young, but sometimes we see like the April reporting ends up being total BS. Yeah, but like I said, they should pick young in my opinion, but. I'm not going to call them stupid for picking Stroud. I'm not going to call anyone stupid for preferring any of these top three, in my opinion. Just they're all they're all pretty good. But right, my mention of the trap door with Stroud was I think we kind of saw similar to the same thing, and that was for we had a little different takes on how it manifested. But I know you said it was just kind of his struggles under pressure. Yep. He has, I, I want to say his passer rating under pressure is like 30. Oof. It's pretty bad. Now, he improved a lot over the course of the season, which is huge. And that's why I almost left him at two. Because his first game there with like Notre Dame, oh my God, it was really bad. But then by the end of the season versus Georgia, it was a lot better. So I do think he grew a lot as the season progressed. But there is no denying that C.J. Stroud has struggled under pressure. And I don't care what team fucking drafts you. You have to be able to deal with pressure yeah. in the NFL. It is not going to be just sunshine and rainbows sitting back there with five O linemen containing everything. you got to be able to adjust and make you know, audibles, call out your hot routes, And I didn't see a whole lot of that from Stroud. I saw a guy with perfect ball placement. I'll say that. Absolutely perfect ball placement in a great system. And he really didn't have to change anything up. He just kind of went right by the book, followed the rubric, and did it perfectly. And I'm not going to knock him for that. But I did not see that element to his game where he could on his own deal with things and that concerns me a little bit the the weird thing with stroud was he never ever used his legs up until the georgia game when he absolutely had to because got like more guys got hurt and he was really good at it i was like where was this i was so confused why they didn't do that super athletic yeah (laughs) and so i was like the running was huge because like it helped him deal with the pressure and like one guy like when guys were hurt and not open he like had the running and that like 
helped them like in that game so much. And I was like, they really should be doing this more. And so for me, I'm like, okay, if he can like unlock that ability within himself and the team that drafts him is like, Hey, like we saw this and this was actually a nice addition to the game. You're going to get the NFL because the pressure is going to be a thing. Let's work on this and implement it. Then I think he's got like a pretty good ceiling. And at that point, I'm like, I'm like, if he runs more, I'm like, this is very like Roethlisberger esque what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. And like, you're right. His, his like mechanic, his accuracy, like on the, like everywhere on the field. Um, mo- I was like most of the field. I had one little gripe with him, but he had some like pinpoint accuracy, like deep, his contested catch accuracy was great. Like, that's a weird way to put it. Like, he had guys who were great at contested catches, but he always put it in the perfect spot for them. So, like, that's right. one that's one of your things that with Stroud was you always said, like, it wasn't him being carried. It was, like, a really good, like, synchronicity with him and his receivers. And that's why with, with Stroud. So, okay, a lot of times people would give OSC quarterbacks crap because, like, it's like, oh, they're used to throwing to wide open guys. And... <laughs> A lot of guys who go to like top schools, like there's an adjustment of the NFL window, but I almost think with Stroud, it's going to be the reverse where he has to get used to NFL corners being better because he's so used to like throwing tight windows anyway and like make like relying on his guys to catch it. He's going to like have to get used to <laughs> like NFL corners breaking that up a little more. Um, but I, I, I'm not terribly worried about that. I just thought it was like kind of a funny juxtaposition of like Fields right. versus Stroud on that front on the OSU guys. Um, stylistically, like mentality wise, there's like a lot of, I think, Burrow to his game. But Burrow has more of that like improbability, I think, that Stroud does. Like a lot of Stroud's mistakes were pressure aside, he would predetermine a throw pretty much and like lock on a lot to a throw and just do it anyway and if an, if a defense has safeties back that's gonna kill him like he has so many times where you know jay sends one-on-one marvin harrison's one-on-one you can take your predetermined throw and it's not a huge deal but in the nfl where too high like too high is prevalent right now that's gonna absolutely destroy you if you lock onto that so like the, the stare down thing was kind of the biggest negative for me i also okay when he throws like deep middle like intermediate middle this is where like i had the most of the field accuracy issue he has this weird hitch in his throw and i don't understand it it like he like elongates his throwing motion and hitches a lot and i didn't like get why he did that because it's it it doesn't help (laughs) like i can't tell you reason it helps it just like messes him up more and gets him out of sync so i'm not sure if it's like a hesitation thing or what but I think that's the best way to put his deficiency is he has a hesitancy to his game and he needs to learn to just make that decision quicker. Yeah. And the middle of the field is like, I, I get it. It's like, Oh, this is the riskier part of the field. Let me be sure I see this. So it's just, I don't even think it's like a processor thing. I think it's a, like not wanting to fuck up thing. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, but. I don't think it's a processor thing either. I think his processor is fine. I think it's literally he gets in his own head and he has how it's mapped out. And when it's not going exactly how it should, he hesitates. Mm-hmm. Even though he's already read it and I think he knows what he's doing, 
He just needs to learn, and whether this, this applies to scrambling, to the throw, and his release, to all of it, he just has to learn to make that, come to that decision a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. And then I think he'll be okay, but I do think that it's, you know, we're talking about nitpicks in a very good class here. Yeah. Um, that That's a nitpick of mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like... We have to parse these guys in some capacity. So, like, we still think CJ Stroud's really, really good. Like, we talked about his, like, his accuracy just being, like, insane. Like, his ball placement it all over the field pretty much is really solid. He has really good arm strength. He's athletic. He's got, like, pretty much everything you want. It's just when we're parsing these top three, the the pressure and some of that hesitation is the knock, I think. And I think that it'll help him a lot to get a really good OC that schemes all of his hot routes and his outs for him so that he knows exactly where to look when things aren't going right. And that'll help him a lot because I, I really just think he needs everything laid out for him and he can make it work. Which when you say that out loud, that's concerning, but I think, I I think, (laughs) I think he can develop past that though. Well, like he's at right now. Yeah, for one of the things that, you know, kind of came to attention was the fact that the Steelers didn't use a single hot route last year, which I think <laughs> is absolutely insane. Like, he's the bullshit. opposite. He yeah. is the exact opposite. He needs those planned out and everything, and then he'll be fine. But he just needs to, you know, have the next step in his head of where to go next when the first few options aren't available. Yeah, that's why the, the Panthers fit makes sense, I think, because... Frank Reich, he runs, like, what, like, a pretty, like, spread out kind of thing. He's going to run, like, more or less, like, the Philly offense type of thing. And I think that makes sense. And, like, it's also, like, a situation where you know there's stability for a few years. Like, I think the way Stroud gets fucked over is if he has, like, three different coaches in his first three years. Yep. So, I think, like, Carolina, like, that's not, I don't think that's going to happen. So. Yeah, I I mean, I think one of the reasons he makes sense for the Panthers is you look at their coach and their quarterback room and the type of quarterback he is like they have McCown there. Andy Dalton is the backup. It's Mm -hmm. Frank Reich who worked with Carson Wentz and uh, Nick Foles, you know, these taller big arm receivers, they like to spread it out, but also do vertical. Mm -hmm. Like he makes a lot of sense for that room, which is kind of why I thought they might take Stroud, but with everything lately, it all seems like they like young. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i curious to see where they go, but we're going to go to our number two, and he is he is the shit, not a shit. Um, this is Anthony Richardson. I What, what a god. Yeah, so this this guy, my first sentence was, okay, wait, this guy is absurd. I, <laughs> like, the way Twitter framed him, I thought he was going to suck, but he's insane. <laughs> he's pretty it's, insane. Yeah, like... The rushing's obvious. He's like the best athlete at quarterback ever. Like, like literally. Yeah, <laughs> like legitimately. <laughs> um, his was like the ninety ninth percentile. It was literally the one hundredth percentile. It yeah. doesn't even make sense. He was he set the records yeah. at the combine. Oh god. Mm-hmm. So that's that's gonna like that makes you nut over that aspect. And from a fantasy aspect too, we love that because his running is going to be a big factor and 
His style-wise, he's somewhere like in the middle of the Lamar, Jalen spectrum. Those guys are like opposite ends of quarterback running spectrum for me. So like, <laughs> I think that's a way to like place the the running. He doesn't look for the contact like Jalen, but he can win it more than Lamar will, I think, on, on his running, like oh, contact-wise. Yeah. Lamar makes it very hard for you to ever get a square up tackle on him. Yeah. Whereas Jalen's like, do it. <laughs> yeah, he needs to see blood. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's the- got some wiggle. He he can he can wiggle around a bit. He's. I will say this, and one of the things I love about Anthony Richardson, he is very loose. Even yeah. though he is a physical monster, he's very loose and flexible. He has quick twitch he has loose hips he, his arms aren't you know super uh rigid yeah he doesn't run rigid yep <laughs> yeah like this this dude definitely does like yoga or pilates or something i swear yeah. he's gotta <laughs> um <laughs> so but with so with, with the with the throwing part that's what that's what everyone has gripes with the he's still learning that is my take i don't think he's raw i think he's still learning and that's yeah. kind of the big distinction. Malik Willis was raw. Richardson just has like 12 starts. And that's it. Seriously. <laughs> He's got one year under uh-huh. his belt. And, and a horrible supporting cast. Yeah. And you can see throughout the year between the, the UK game all the way through the Vandy game. Like if you watch those two, it's pretty stark differences, I think, in, in how he's playing. And so like the fact that over the course of the year, he improved... A, a pretty decent amount is is reassuring to me on that front. Mm-hmm. No, he definitely did. And, you know, you're talking about a guy who had not played the quarterback position in college from the start of the season and to the end of the season. And he did improve a lot, which I, I, I don't know, man. I it, like, would it shock you if the Panthers took this guy at one? No, and I wouldn't blame him. Um, I wouldn't either. Yeah, because I don't know if they'd start him right away or like let him chill behind Dalton for a bit or something. But with Richardson, he has a understanding of the game that it seems like people aren't like aren't aware of. I don't know how to put it because I'm like I'm like why are people sh-? like I get the the accuracy has been hit or miss again. Like it could be. Like, he needs to work on stuff, obviously. Like, he's still learning the position. There are times... Okay, this is the, this is the way I put it into you in a text. He's almost better out of the pocket on the run than he is standing <laughs> in the pocket. Because, like you said, he's loose. And when he's not thinking about it, he, like, has the intuition and the processing to know what to do. But when he's, like, doing these drops and thinking about everything at once when he's in the pocket, he, you know, sometimes struggles with it. And so I'm like, okay... This like when he can do it on the move, but has some issues standing still. It always makes me wonder, like, okay, is it like, is it that he needs to learn the pocket, or is it that he's just like needs better mechanics? And I think it's the latter because he moves around well in the pocket to avoid the pressure too, like with the pocket he movement, does. like in in that Lamar way. So I, I think it's just he needs more experience. Yeah, and I almost I don't even think he needs to sit. I would prefer that he goes right in and starts because he just needs reps. Like in my yeah. in my honest opinion, maybe sit him for a bit so he can learn some mechanical stuff. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, I just kind of want the guy on the field getting reps in the position. 
I think that um, his he has a natural football instinct mm-hmm. that if you just look at stats, you're never going to see. But if you watch him play, you'll see that he just does things innately that I don't think anyone's told him to do. Like one of the yeah. things that I love about him is that when he's scrambling, he doesn't panic at all. And he keeps his eyes downfield, mm-hmm. which is a really hard thing to teach guys. And that's a, that's a pro NFL move right there. Like yeah. that's really awesome. He's he just doing, doing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As a first year guy, uh, like, uh, yeah, he has some footwork issues. Yeah, he has some accuracy issues. But I, I, I mean, I think you just have to take a shot on someone like that. Yeah, the the ceiling is there for him because of like what he's shown so far with his throwing that you think, okay, like there's this is there we can make this happen because the way so his deep ball is nutty. I didn't know how to compare him to people. But, like, one of the things that stuck out to me is he does that Russ Moonball thing where he, like, knows how to angle his deep ball just right, whether he needs, like, a 70-yard rocket or, like, a 40-yard, like, moon ball basket drop. And he can do that, and it's fucking pinpoint. And I'm like, okay, like, he has this in his arsenal, and his his mistakes are just just misses unfortunately which is like that's that is concerning i was like okay like this guy's just missing sometimes why is he missing and it's like okay did he see something wrong is it mechanics and so yeah i I think the some of the stuff he shows with the ceiling and this is where it's tough because like this is something that i i missed on with jalen i didn't i only looked at some of the downside of jalen i didn't think about like the possibility of ceiling and then you come back around to other guys. You look at like Daniel Jones or like um, I can't think of someone else, but like Daniel Jones who is athletic. But then you only think about that, and you don't think about the downside of like where he's deficient. And so you have to kind of like parse that with Anthony Richardson and be like, okay, he has all this physical, but the the thing he shows like really advanced stuff at points when he's playing, and I think that's where. I'm like, okay, the ceiling is is there actually for him. It is. And I think that he's got a way, way, way higher chance of succeeding than some people are giving him credit for. Like, there's a mm-hmm. lot of people that think he's just going to be a bust. He's played 13 games and he's 21. Mm-hmm. He has a <laughs> lot of room to grow. He is super young. He can hit the roof with his pass, which was hilarious. He did that during his pro day. Yeah, I literally. Just, <laughs> just for fun. Did a backflip also, which, as someone who's 6'4", 244, and can run a 4'4", pretty hard to do a backflip. Yeah. He's clearly <laughs> flexible and does, you know, some kind of yoga or gymnastics or something. <laughs> uh, man, I I can't shake the feeling that this guy is potentially one of the best in the class. He's, yeah, he's a lot of fun. It's one of those things where, I don't, I don't want to say, like, my favorite just because I... I think Bryce Young is my favorite, but you know how, like, when we were talking about, like, a running back class with DeAndre Swift, I'm like, I don't know if he's the best, but he's my favorite. Like, it's along those lines of <laughs> of it where I'm like, man, this guy's just a lot of fun to watch, so. There were two other things I wanted to mention really quickly is he did run a pro-style offense down in Florida, mm-hmm. which as a quarterback coming in, that's pretty impressive. Um, 
they allegedly some of his uh like what's the playbook names were as long as nfl ones <laughs> so that's pretty great and my dude knows words i actually right <laughs> i love when you have a quarterback and you know their route you know their their playbook names are like two words and then you get to the nfl and they're like 36 <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah he also knows how to use his eyes which mm-hmm. is super impressive yeah he can look guys off played yes he can scan the field like he makes his reads he was calling audibles and moving guys into pass protection he knew how to use his eyes to divert the corners from looking a certain way like this is all stuff that somebody who's only played 13 games should not really be able to do yeah <laughs> and i think it's really impressive i understand that he's got flaws he's not super accurate his footwork needs help but man i i can't escape putting him as my second favorite quarterback yeah, this is one of those things where everyone wants the Mahomes, the Jalen, and like I think this class might have the Mahomes and the Jalen possibilities. <laughs> like, as obviously you know the ceilings of it, but I think Richardson is has more of that Jalen upside than just like an athletic flameout thing. So, and I, you know what? If he's if he can't throw, at worst, he's Taysom Hill. That's like an absolute worst. You can put him at quarterback yes. and tight end, and he's gonna still demolish people. Yeah, that's the that thing. Good. He's he's gonna stay in the league, even even if he ends up being a shit quarterback. He's gonna <laughs> right. stay in the league. So <laughs> there you go. That's 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 the case for for drafting him in, in a dynasty <laughs> league. Is even if you don't get a quarterback, you're getting something. Um, right. <laughs> oh man. So. We, okay, I didn't know where we'd end up on these next guys, but we have the same four and five ordering. And then after that, I kind of said, fuck it, personal preference. But number four, we both have Hendon Hooker. Yeah. So. I I don't think he's getting nearly enough love. He is pretty solid. I know the main knock on him is his age, but with injury, COVID year, and transfer, the 25 makes a lot more sense. And he was yeah. starting as a 21-year-old at Virginia Tech, so it's not as concerning for me. But yeah, talk talk, talk, uh, talk dirty to me about Hooker. <laughs> well, I think there's a lot of people that just think that, you know, he ran a super gimmicky offense at Tennessee. It won't translate to the NFL. And therefore, he was good there and he won't be good here. And I think that's bullshit. If you have a certain scheme that you're running and your quarterback runs it perfectly... You can't really knock him for that. That's the scheme they're running with. And he did run it perfectly. He had, what, like six interceptions on 600 passes? Yeah, his stats were clean. It's insane. And he even joked himself, like, that he's a one-read quarterback. And he's like, well, I can't help that my first read is always open. (laughs) Yeah. I I think he has a fine processing speed from the times he did actually not have the first read open. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he, the, he, the way I summed it up was he's got top-notch field vision because mm-hmm. you can see it when he's running. He runs like Cam does at the goal line, you know, where he's like looking around following blockers. Um, when he's in the pocket, he's always scanning unless, you know, high, it's immediately open, um, which was a lot. <laughs> when a guy breaks open, he notices it pretty much right away. And on the move, he keeps his eyes up. Um, 
the the guy breaking open thing was the one I want to get to, I guess, as far as like where people are going to nitpick. And where I was kind of nitpicking too, he had a lot of guys wide open, especially with Hyatt. Um, but the good thing is he's got the brain to recognize that, and it was it was quick when he saw it, which is the baseline of what we want. It's like, you know this, you notice this happening, you go to it like in an instant. Um, this happened a lot like deep and on the boundaries, which again, was Hyatt's strength. But it wasn't as much of a thing in the middle of the field, and that's where uh, I kind of have my gripe with him. His accuracy is weird, I should say. It's like better deep than intermediate and short. Um, so this is one of the things like with like Richardson. His issue was like rocketing it all the time, and like <laughs> I think he'll adjust to that. With Hooker, I think it's I don't I, I don't know what it is. He has a harder time being pinpoint like ten to fifteen than he does like hitting a dime 45 yards down the field to hide and stride. So like his, uh, his deep ball is beautiful. Yeah. And like, I couldn't figure out like what it was in the middle of the field. If it was like the same thing with Stroud. Cause like it didn't look the same. So I was having trouble with it. Like it seemed like he was just like a beat late on the stuff in the middle of the field. And he would like, maybe it is similar to Stroud, but I couldn't tell like what was causing it. He would like be just a smidgen late. Like, pretty much double checking is this guy open and throw it and that hesitation like messed up the mechanics and it wasn't fully accurate. So that's something where it's more concerning with hooker for me because he's in whatever year as a starter and you want, you would hope that that's fixed already. And so I'm a little less apt to think he changes that at this point. I mean, he could still, but it's it's more concerning at this point for him in my opinion, but because if if you're if you're a beat late over the middle of the field in the NFL, like you're fucked. So yeah, you're fucked. Yeah. So again, like I said, the COVID year stuff, the transfer it explains the age some, but with that age and experience, I I I want this issue fixed already, and that's where my main concern with him is. I think it's kind of a big one. I think it's a legitimate concern. Um, that's why he's below the other guys. <laughs> uh, but the one thing I, I will say is that I do think part of that is a product of the weird scheme they ran, which was basically like four verts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like they, they had a weird time. scheme. You're right, that is true. <laughs> all the time, it was just someone's downfield and they're probably open. So I think he needs... I think he needs a uh, just a regular offense... <laughs> the the Virginia Tech tape is where it was weird, and I didn't finish my typing in here, but that was more of, like, a normal offense, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, like, he was making some good throws, like, middle of the field, 12 yards there, and so, again, it could just be the offense, but at the same time, there were, there were still some ones at Virginia Tech where hitting guys, like, out in the flat, 10 yards down, or 5 yards down, even just out to the side, he was, like, off with those, like, pretty high guys had to adjust and again that's one in the nfl where if you're throwing to a guy like out left in the flat five yards down the field like and you're not and you're like making him reach out for it that could get him lit up so oh yeah and it's the kind of thing that like bryce young absolutely nails yeah and so like with him like the virginia tech tape there were definitely more designed spots in the middle of the field and i think that made it look a little more natural at times, but there's definitely still throughout his whole career of tape, some issues of like that short intermediate assuredness and accuracy that you want. Right. 
I know part of me is like now wondering if they just literally never practiced it. Honestly, like <laughs> I wouldn't so be he shocked. Just didn't practice it all week, so it wasn't a thing. Like in in practice, they would just do their verts, and he would get really good at throwing it down the sideline to his uh, to Hyatt or Tillman. Um, so he just didn't get the reps at it. Yeah. But I think the big thing for me with Hooker is that he ran this weird scheme pretty damn well. Yeah. And because of Herbert, it's literally because of Herbert that I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that just because they he didn't do a certain thing doesn't mean he can't. It's just that it was never asked of him. And if you put him into a scheme that asks different things, I hope and I I think he has the ability to do it. Yeah, the the Tennessee offense, while gimmicky, was playing to a lot of his strengths was deep ball. So mm-hmm. that I think is something that an NFL offense will have to do. It'll have to play to his deep ball for him, but also not be a gimmick. <laughs> so <laughs> which NFL offenses can't really be a gimmick, otherwise, you know. Yeah. Unless it's like Taysom Hill against Atlanta, otherwise, yeah. <laughs> For some reason, that always works. Yeah, <laughs> that always gets some that those darn kids in that stinking mutt. Um, anyway, <laughs> so yeah. I'd, overall, though, like gripes aside, I think there's a lot of good to Hendon Hooker um, that a team could kind of work with, and I, I've seen a lot of mocks where like he goes second round or maybe even late first like i've I've heard a lot of connections to tennessee to him which makes some sense so yeah it actually kind of does um i wouldn't hate atlanta taking him but i wouldn't either i mean you like in the second round yeah to like Pitts and drake london i mean my god yeah that would be in the second round though i don't want them taking him at seven oh, or eight overall yeah no definitely yeah. not <laughs> but because I, I don't think Ritter's the guy, but that's for that's for another time. And comp wise, like you put Dak, I put Cam, but not as athletic, not as athletic. But all, the problem is Cam without his athleticism is not that great. So that could be bad. <laughs> but stylistically, like I said, the running and the deep ball propensity, but the issues like short middle, just like screamed Cam to me. So yeah, I agree with that. All right. So next we have like a bunch of like Wences. And like, <laughs> like backup comps, I guess. So, Will Levis. I guess I'll start because my team might end up with them. Um, <laughs> that's what I I've did heard. so much research on Levis. <laughs> I might have researched him the most. <laughs> it was so hard for me to evaluate, man. It's I like, know. it's like I'm like, is this what we get if Jay Cutler cared? I'm like, <laughs> no. Nah, I think if Jay Cutler cared, he would have been like perennial Pro Bowler. But anyway, um, yeah, probably. I don't hate him. But I don't love him. I'm gonna call him Billy Jeans because I his name's Will Levis Levi's. Levi's. <laughs> yep, and he's Will Bill. Yeah, so B- Billy Jeans for me is his nickname. Um, the ones caught made me laugh because I watched him and it made sense. Um, I can't get away from it. He just reminds me so much of Wentz. Yeah, he, he's in that vein of guys like Wentz and Stafford, Cutler, Flacco, etc., who aren't as much anticipation guys. Um. Not that it's absent, but he's more like rely on arm strength, let their guys get it kind of thing. Think like the he this guy, if you had to say what quarterback is the opposite of Matt Ryan, it is Will Levis. 
I don't. I can't think of like a better way to put this than <laughs> the antithesis of it. Matt Ryan. Um, because he he is not anticipation. He's he has some, but he's more of like uh contested see it throw it more of that. That's more of his lean at least. He he can move around. Um, he's got a strong arm. So I'm <laughs> like just the opposite of Matt. Um, he's a really hard eval for me though because. So his 2021 tape is a lot better than his 22 tape. And they and we talked about this. They changed OCs from 21 to 22. And I think it was like Liam Cohen, I believe was his name. And that guy went to the Rams this past year, but now he's back. And so that OC change like was really bad for Levis, clearly. So I was having a tough time figuring out, like, okay, did he need this system? Was this new system a terrible fit? I think his OC that he got in 2022 was terrible. That's what I think. Cause they didn't, yeah. he didn't run as much in 22 and the running in 21 is what like helped him be good. Right. <laughs> so I, I really don't know with him. It's hard for me to tell. Like, I think like if a play caller uses his legs more, takes advantage of the deep ball, then we can be good. But the, there are times where it's clicking for him and he looks pretty good, but then there are times where like he just looks there are like times where it's just I I'm wondering <laughs> what is in his brain. So right. what where are you at with him? Okay, Levis has been a roller coaster for me. It's been a it's been a transformation. I started out really shitting on the guy, not gonna lie. Um and I'll get into that here in a second. Where I'm at now is that I still think he has a lot of flaws. However, I do think most of his flaws are fixable. And he does have some of the harder to fix qualities. He doesn't need as much work with. So I think that he will get there. I'll say that. I think he'll get there. And by that, I mean be end up being a, like a good starting quarterback but i do think he needs a ton of cleanup mm -hmm. um like strengths wise he's super tough he's played through injuries he's got a monster arm but he's also mobile mm -hmm. i think he's good at reading defenses in the pre-snap he seems to play well in high pressure situations these are all really good qualities his negatives though <laughs> YOLO <laughs> are kind of bad, but, and they're all kind of enmeshed together. So like you can look and see he's not super accurate. He tries to sort of strong arm the ball into the mm -hmm. receiving window a lot of times and rely solely on that arm instead yep. of the whole range of motion of mechanics and yep. torque. <laughs> and I think part of that is because he stares down in his receivers pretty badly. He goes with his primary a lot. He doesn't throw with anticipation, like maybe ever, <laughs> Um, because of that, he holds on to the ball for way too long. He takes really unnecessary sacks and he makes some really piss poor decisions, horrible interceptions, and he's got absolute pocket obliviousness. This is where it all came to like Wentz for me is he has no panic button whatsoever to be like, Hey, pockets collapsing. Hey, time to move. He has none of that. It's just like, Oh shit, I'm sacked. 
yeah and as we're talking through this and i think it's on the same spectrum of guy is like daniel jones as well right yeah yeah because like the mobility is there too like and so because Wentz can scoot but Wubbis is definitely more mobile than Wentz Uh, yeah I would agree with that he's thicker he's sturdier Mm -hmm. too yeah he's he's a big dude he's got his man bod like if he can learn those things which are get your mechanics down okay you have five seconds you got to get rid of the ball He's going to have most likely a better offensive line in the NFL than what he had at Kentucky. His Kentucky yeah. oh. offensive line was awful. I yeah. think it's the worst of the bunch. The The cast he had in 2022 was just absolute trash. Trash. And the <laughs> offense was rough. It was it was terrible all around him. So Like they did no favors to the guy. No. Bad offense, bad OC, bad wide receivers. Like It's hard to for me to dog him too much mm-hmm. because he really didn't have a whole lot around him. So I think that at the end of the day, there are a number of flaws that he has and they're all kind of tied together. And I think that honestly they can be fixed. So I have him ranked lower because where he's starting right now, I mean, the guy needs to just get with the quarterback coach and, and figure some shit out, especially his mechanics and the whole pocket situational awareness. Um, but if he can fix that, I think he'll be good. So I've come around on him a little bit. It's It wasn't just, you know, first it was like, this guy's a bust. Now it's, okay, this guy's got flaws, but I think they're pretty fixable flaws. The, it the might most, take a little while. Yeah, the most concerning one for me is the, the pocket one of the, like, not having that panic button in the pocket in a way because that's where yeah. you get like what I, not necessarily the disaster gene but sort of like when we when we invoke went and dimes that's the disaster <laughs> gene so like i don't know how many guys i've seen fix that is the thing like it's not many yeah like once never shook that dimes has not shaken that they just don't have him do as much so you don't <laughs> see it as much now um yeah but that one doesn't really get shaken. The, like, I think a lot of the other stuff might be fixable. The I the one thing I have I've had a tough time with like throughout my evaluation and like watching football is like what make what makes a guy an anticipation guy or not. And I don't know how much of that is reps and how much of that is IQ or processor and anything. And but I don't know if I really see that ever change either. For guys, that's a really hard one to teach. That was going to be the one I said when you were saying the pocket awareness. I was going to say the teaching somebody anticipatory throws is tough. Yeah, he did not display that much. Like, and you, you might you might have even said not at all. That wasn't. Yeah. that's not his game. And so, not having anticipation and not having like pocket awareness, even if the other things get fixed, like. Those two combined could be really brutal. Yeah. So that's <laughs> that's like the trap door on him. Or maybe not even the trap door. That's just like those are things with him that may not ever fix because those are tough things to fix. And so even if the other things end up okay, like I don't know where that puts you with him. So I think it puts you at Wentz, which is yeah. like not horrible. Wentz has been a starter. It hasn't gone super well. But yeah, because like still starting quarterback 
from time to time. Maybe we can even say dimes, because like when you get the best of yeah. once, the best of dimes, like you get some good stuff, but there's the limitation of the disaster that's going to happen at some point. So it's one of those things where I keep hearing the Raiders are going to take him, and I'm trying to decide how I feel about it. I, I, what I want the Raiders to do is if they don't trade up to three to take Richardson, which that that's a whole other story. Cause like, I'm like, well, the Raiders ruin him. I don't know. Do they just let him chill and get rid of McDaniels and bring someone in for him? Like, I don't want him changing guys all the time. So anyway, I think I want the Raiders to just tank this year and get Caleb Williams or something. Next year. <laughs> it seems like what they're doing. It seems like they're doing like a cat clear year with the Garoppolo yeah. contract. They'll probably trade Devontae or something in the middle of the year. I don't know. So that's kind of what I want the Raiders to do at this point because their their team is ass. Like <laughs> they've got no one on defense, dude. That roster is dog shit. Uh, that might be that might be insulting the dog shit too. I don't know. <laughs> so like <laughs> it's brutal, my guy. Um, they're yeah, that defense is so bad. So I yeah, I don't know where where Levis ends up. I'm kind of torn on what I think is a good fit for him. So, so, like, I've seen him going mock to, like, the Colts or something, right? And I don't think the Colts would be that bad because, at the end of the day, he'd be able to scramble and dump off to um, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, you'd have JT, you know? you'd have Pittman for him, which I think would be a great guy for him yeah, to throw to. So Pittman and Pierce, who have both have huge catch radiuses and can yeah. jump ball and contested catch ability. So, like, mm-hmm. that honestly is not a bad fit. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like a decent comp for Levis, as well as Wentz, is um, Gardner Minshew. <laughs> there was someone else I was watching that I, my brain thought of him when I was watching all. I think it might have been Duggan or Dugan. Again, I'm never going to say his name right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did. <sighs> Fuck. We just talked about this. I'm like, he kind of like has some Mariota in a way. Not fully though. But was it? I think it was Max. Yeah. Well, no, I was thinking like Levis has a bit of Marietta to him at times too, which is concerning. Ah. But I, I think I think the Wentz dimes is kind of where it's at. He's very YOLO. Um, yeah, he he's one where like I've got my concerns, but it's it's real hard to tell given the surroundings. So it is. I, he had the. Uh, I think of all the quarterbacks, he had the worst supporting cast all around him. With these top five, I would say for sure. Yeah, but yeah. Let's dig into these next few guys. Um, we'll just kind of go in your order here. We've got we've got Tanner McKee. Uh, how are you feeling about him? I think that 20 years ago, he probably would have been a first-round draft pick to the Broncos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fair. Um, he's like 6'6". He has a really big arm, but he just can't really move. He's somewhat chaotic. He's very <laughs> that was my first thought. He relies entirely on the passing game and he's not as good of a passer as the other guys in this class. I think he might end up being a solid backup for somebody, but I think after Hooker and Levis, you start to enter the backup territory, mm-hmm. uh, which is still useful in today's NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's another guy we'll get to later that definitely fits that for me. But um, yeah, with, with Tanner, I think I was it him. I texted you about saying that he was super chaotic. Yeah, I think yeah. so. because he, he is like that's I don't know how <laughs> to put it. Besides, he's chaotic because his comps. Here's what I put: 
And this isn't necessarily saying he's going to be this level of player. This is just what I invoked playstyle-wise. Drew Lock, uh, Fitzmagic, and Skyler. So there you go. That's those are like the most chaotic players I could think of <laughs> that sometimes make magic happen. Fitzmagic is chaos incarnate. I yeah. absolutely love him. So I wrote that he kind of plays like someone told him right before the game that he's going to be playing quarterback for the first time. Like he throws a lot of quackers <laughs> and his technique, his technique's bad. Like, <laughs> Oh, it, it is. It's utter chaos sometimes, but he sometimes make, makes plays like despite it. And so <laughs> that's why I'm like, okay, what the fuck is going on with this guy? I have to like dig it a little more. There are times where he like puts it all together in one play and makes a pinpoint dart throw. I'm just like, it's confusing because I can't tell if he just can't process everything he has to do at once or if he just needs more time in the position with the technique. And like, he also had no help. So like, do we have to adjust her surroundings on it? Was he just trying to do too much? And so there's a lot of volatility and like a big range of outcomes with him. But it's one of those things where I I lean more towards it's probably he ends up being a guy where he... If the switch is on, he's really good. If the switch is off, you're wondering what's going on. So maybe I'll put Matt Flynn as <laughs> <is> my comp. <laughs> Threw six touchdowns and got a huge contract, and then like never played again. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, because of Russ. Go, go, Russell Wilson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tanner McKee is an interesting one because like big, strong. He. Like, a, like he's just it's just so chaotic when he's going around. How much how much did he play? I forgot to look at how much um playtime so he got. One of the things I wanted to bring up with uh Stanford is that they have a wide receiver I really like, but he missed a lot of time and I think he pro- I want to say he missed most of the year which was uh Michael Wilson. Mm. And him not being there might have had something to do with him not really knowing what to do. Gosh, <laughs> this guy was born play. in 2000. Fuck. Um, sorry, it makes me feel old. Go ahead. Oh, goodness. <laughs> but yeah, I, Michael Wilson is definitely their best receiver, and I think he has the potential to be really, really good. Uh, so him not really being there for most of the season might have had an impact on him in terms of maybe adding to that chaos. Yeah, because... There, I'm looking at this roster. I was at it earlier. I'm like, who the fuck are these guys? Like, <laughs> uh, like there are times where it's like, oh, I'm not tuned into the college game. I don't know. But like, man, like some of these names just seem made up to me. <laughs> it's like, what's that game you play? Like fake or fullback? Like that, that's that's this right? team to me. So that's why a couple of these teams are. So yeah, because he played. So he is 22. He played this past year and in 21 um so not a, not a whole lot of game under his belt still young so i think there's a ch- and, and again bad supporting cast at stanford so like there's a chance that he just needs more time he needs a better cast around him and he can get it together but man it's it's real up and down it's a roller coaster so <laughs> and that team was bad also yeah so this is he's so he's one where i think so after after Hooker and Levis, because like I think there's a chance Hooker goes end of first, early second, but I think the rest of these guys are probably third round or later picks. Yeah. And if you had to give me one guy to pinpoint 
who goes... Because, okay, the hit rate of guys after the first round is terrible at quarterback, and after the second is just fucking terrible. So <laughs> it's very rare that one works out. I think Tanner McKee has the best shot to work out of these guys after those first five. But I, I would probably agree with that. Yeah, I don't know what the odds are, though, on it. That's the thing. It's like this, there's stuff there where I'm like, okay, the issues are almost all technique. It's a it's ooh, it's rough, but it's <laughs> it's mostly technique. And that's something where I'm a little more more open to being like, okay, we can fix this. We can work on this. We can get you coached up and fix a lot of it. So I think I think he's probably the only guy I'd like interested in like down the road if you can kind of get it put together. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would probably agree with that. I think DTR has great value as a backup for the Ravens. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Literally I watched him up like this guy is like there are a lot of like things where I'm like this guy's like some of his like jukes at the goal line. I'm like, this is that's a Lamar move. Like that's a that's that is the Lamar juke at the goal line right there that you pulled out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. DTR. I guess we'll move to him. So he's your number seven on here. Mm-hmm. I see. I, the Tyrod comp I kind of like. I think he's a little he's a little swifter than Tyrod. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I wanted to put like Huntley Tyrod. But I basically saw him as a Ravens or Seahawks like bona fide backup. <laughs> who, yeah, like you, your starters injured, so you put them in, and you know exactly what you're gonna get from them, and it's pretty solid. But you also know that they're not a uh, a reliable starter in the long run for for you. Yeah, there's gonna be like a, a week or two, and a year or two where we see DTR get a spot start. He's gonna be like really cheap on DraftKings, and he's going to get us like 26 points because he's going to yep. run for <laughs> 60 yards and two touchdowns or something and we're gonna be like yeah this guy's great um but i know we talked about uh levis not having anticipation dtr i might have seen one throw where he has <laughs> anticipation that was a colorado game that was by far his best tape i'm like okay if this is what we can get from every game we've got something but <laughs> there you go he he is entirely see it throw it, so yeah. that's that's kind of the thing where it's like okay this guy really good runner, um, but his his see it throw and like the thing is like he throws well he's got good velocity on it one one like he he's got the guys open a lot so the see it throw it is usually to guys who are open or have just broken in their route and are getting open he's hitting them well like so like I, I'm not gonna shit on him for like accuracy, but the the times when it's not open the accuracy like when a guy's open he's hitting them but when a guy's not open it gets pretty rough so that's that's where it kind of turns to okay this guy's probably a backup but 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 a but a actual serviceable backup so yeah he's like one of the reasons i like him is because i know exactly what he is it's like a transformers movie you're not going there to watch an Oscar worthy <laughs> performance. You know exactly what you're getting and you're going to be happy with it at the end. Cause your expectation was met and it was, I'm going to watch a giant robot fighting another giant robot. And that's awesome. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like that or like a John Wick film or something. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I like TTR for that because I know exactly what he is, which is a the kind of backup you probably want on your team. I think he would be in the upper echelon of backups eventually. And certainly in the right system, it'd be like, well, shit, we don't have, you know, Trey Lance or we don't have Gino or we don't have Lamar tonight. But DTR is back there. Everyone else is healthy. We can still win this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where, yeah, like a Tyler Huntley comp seems pretty solid. Yeah. Um, next up, speaking of backups, we've got Stetson Bennett. Um <laughs> Which okay, it, I think it's sort. It's we're, we're being a little rude because he did. I know he was a Heisman finalist. His team did win championships. Like, I don't want to shit on him too much, but he was not the reason they won two championships. Right. It, yeah. <laughs> I think at this point we all kind of know what Stetson Bennett is, which is, I just put he is across the board exceptionally mid. He's not he's not horrible, but he's not the guy. Yeah, like there's nothing he's bad at, per se. Yeah. But there's nothing he's great at, per se. Right. <laughs> like, he, I've said he's fine, but not special. His arm strength's kind of limited, and he doesn't have any spectacular trait. He can scoot a bit more than you'd expect, based on his name and appearance. But he right. isn't bad, though. So, like... I expect him to be the type of guy who hangs around the league for a decade and grabs like spot starts amidst the clipboard holding. Um, it's kind of funny because Stetson Bennett was probably the guy I saw the most during college. So I watched like very little college football during the college season. It's, it's just doesn't doesn't isn't my steez. Usually my football watching is NFL, so that my my Saturdays during football season are, you know, not glued to a football screen. So. You know, just don't oh, get same. much college on it. So, I like to not watch any. I like to not watch a single college football game so I can be completely blank slate. Yeah, I think it helps us not be biased in that sense. There's definitely be some stuff we we miss because of it. I think, but I think when we're evaluating guys, it helps us not be biased and like overrate guys or anything. With Bennett though, so here's the comp list. I I the sober Manziel was hilarious. That was fitting. Um, <laughs> I thought of Baker, I thought of Davis Mills, oddly enough, I thought of, I'm going to say adjusted Mac Jones, where it's more Zoom, less processor kind of thing, Um, in that archetype, because, like, the Baker thing got me, because, like, when you could get him, like, on the move, rolling out, he could hit some stuff, but there were just, like, some lapses in, it's like, things like, okay, this guy's, he's not that guy, like, he's not a him, Um, right, I think there is a chance that he could end up closer to like that adjusted Mac Jones type of thing where we get someone who's actually like serviceable in a system. I, if you ask him to run the Niners system, I think he does a solid job at that. If you put, if you put him in a, I'm trying to think what I put it. I, I don't want to just say he's going to be drafted by the Patriots or anything. If you give him, like, a scheme where it's... I should really put it. It's a lot of, like, quick, short kind of stuff. I think that would fit his strength, and you can get him some room to run. If, if you ask him to push it downfield more, that's where it's going to 
drop off. And I think that might end up being his limiting factor. Not necessarily that he lacks the arm strength. It just doesn't, like, click enough for him pushing downfield, I should say. Yeah, like, I think if he was a backup to Jimmy G with McDaniels, like, he would be a fine backup. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. In that kind of offense where it's... You're not really asked to... Oh, Jimmy G's kind of a great comp. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think he has a lot of that to him. Yeah, honestly, like... Yeah, that's actually pretty good, because Jimmy G's kind of big thing is he fucks up deep balls when it matters most. (laughs) He's never going to live that down. Sorry, go ahead, continue. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a like a decent spot for him. Like if the Raiders wanted to take him in, honestly, I would say the fourth or fifth round, they could probably do that. And they'd have a solid backup Mm -hmm. for what that scheme is going to ask their quarterbacks to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so things were like, I don't have anything bad or great to say about him. (laughs) And that it's tough because I'm like, maybe I'm like being too hard because we've got these guys who are like insane at some things we've got this guy who's solid, like yeah. fine, like, and that could be enough. Like, I don't, I don't know if at, at this stage, okay. 20 years ago, Stenson Bennett could be a starter for a team, get some good years out of him. In this NFL, he's not like a franchise altering guy or anything. But I think, like I said, I think he could last a while. I think he could be you know a viable backup i think he could give you some fine again like giving you fine starts and keeping your team afloat is i think what he could offer um or like i I said i I think his ceiling is kind of i'm gonna say that adjusted mac jones i'll say yeah i think that's fair we mark sanchez (laughs) <laughs> man mark sanchez who would who would you in today's nfl who who is your comp to mark sanchez oh goodness um off the rails a bit here but anyway that's really tough we, we, uh, we, we could give you time we can come back with the next episode yeah if you i want. might have to think on that one for a bit i don't know if there is someone <laughs> there's a reason there's no more marks yeah Sanchez, you know <laughs> it might be a backup or somebody you've like <laughs> like talked about in the last few years who didn't pan out or something too i don't know uh, Maybe, sorry mickey really of that so i can't even say like taylor heineke because heineke's got better legs yeah <laughs> anyway um one more guy i want to add on before we close out uh max is, I still don't know if it's Duggan or Dugan, because I, I heard both on broadcast, so I'm not really sure. Um, he, okay, I also copped him to once a bit. Um, so, he is super YOLO, like, with his play style. He will, <laughs> he will chuck it up. If he's got a guy in the vicinity, the ball can go there. Like, I think he he's going to be a great husband if he's not already, because he trusts his receivers so much. Yeah. He he just has ultimate trust in his guys. And so, you know, if if his wife, he's going to trust her to the end of the earth and beyond um based on how he plays football. So, I want the Rams to draft Max later. I think he makes sense there because they they built their offense around Stafford, who's a very yolo guy. Um he he adds a dimension 
of rushing that they don't really have with any other guys. They have like Perkins as a backup, but he's not, he can move some, but he's, his throwing's not great. So if you want a guy to reel in his YOLO, I think Matt Stafford's a good example of yeah. like, he's, there are still going to be the fuck ups, but Matt Stafford has, for the most part, he has his really good arm strength. He's that YOLO player who maxed out like the exact ways to do it right, pretty much. So I think him sitting and learning from Stafford can help him kind of reel that in. No, you know, hey, because a lot of his mistakes were throwing into coverage or tossing a ball up when he was running around and like, you know, it's basically like, he should. Th- he never wants to throw it away because he always wants to make something happen. Because he he has the legs to extend a play, and so he extends it. And he goes. I think. I think he is, suffers from the sunk cost fallacy because if he if he keeps the play going, he's like, well, I'm already this far. I might as well like chuck it right. down there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but aside from that, like yo, aspect, like he's actually pretty solid. He's he can. Like he he's plays well, like when he's not yellowing it. Like he can he will like hit his guys, um like any contested catches. He's got a lot of like stuff into his game I liked. I I wanna watch some more of him. I didn't get to watch a lot of him. And though I don't know if you've watched much of him at all either. He's someone I'm gonna no, dig in on a little bit more. And I think well so we can start receiver with me concluding Max Dugan and quitting to uh Quentin jo- is it Johnson or Johnston? Because Johnston, yeah. So because he loved Quentin Johnston, like as far as like trusting guys and launching it to them, Quentin Johnston and I forget the other guy who was always doing that, like bailing him out on those two. But he had he had great chemistry with Johnston in that contested catch area. So there and like the way he operated around the red zone, I really liked because there wasn't that factor of I want to scramble and get 40 yards out of this it was it, it clicked a little more for him in the red zone of the stakes I think so it it the the improved play around the red zone was reassuring and since it's like okay like he might have the ability to like reel this in but I'm not sure so I think I think there's there's stuff there to work with and it could it could uh, work out if he shakes some of his bad habits but he also might just not be able to recognize the coverage is enough to not do that. <laughs> he might just not give a shit about the coverage. True. You know? F- fuck it. He's down yeah. there. Yeah. Like, my down there somewhere. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's the epitome of fuck it. He's down there somewhere. <laughs> my guy's got it. Mm-hmm. I'll have to watch him. Yeah. He's I, cause like all the, the other guys, like these top five, I'd seen bits of, but these next guys, I had not at all seen anything. Well, I guess Be- Stenson Bennett in the game. But, like, DTR, McKee, and, and Max. I'm just going to call him Max because I don't want to go back and forth on his last name. I had seen, like, nothing. So, I was, like, going in blank slate. And, yeah, Ma- Max was a, like, nice little surprise. of like, okay, like, there there is some stuff there. But a lot of his tape is, like, him hitting guys, contested catches. And so, that's, like, my big concern is, like, he might have just been getting bailed out a bunch. So, yeah. Like Manzel with Mike Evans. <laughs> <laughs> That's always Gosh. a great example of that. 
Uh, but this is an entertaining quarterback class, and I'm really excited. I think in uh, like super flex rookie drafts, if you've got a top four pick, getting one of these top three quarterbacks or Bijan is like the way to be. So, yeah, Bijan special. I only watched a little bit of him, so I'm excited to dig in more. Oh, he's so good. <laughs> and yeah, I've watched some of the receivers. I we're gonna be doing that next pretty soon, so I'm gonna dig in more on them as well. I'm I'm, I'm excited to get through this class because. Th- this was a class that, like, going into this past year, it was, like... I remember, because during the 2022 draft, it was, like, oh, like, trade for next year. Get these 23 picks. The class is loaded. And now that we're here, there's a lot of, like, mm, maybe not. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm excited to kind of see a little more. Me too, man. But uh, that will that will conclude our quarterback episode. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad to be back, and we will be back uh, pretty pretty dang soon with the uh, receiver episode. And then uh, following that, we'll get to running backs and, of course, Mozzie's favorite tight ends. I see you've already got the tight ends filled out. <laughs> I've done it. a preliminary. I have, it's it's not official yet. Oh, my God. You've got uh, so many tight ends, and you got 10 of them? I got 10. There's even more, and I was like, I got to cap it at 10. <laughs> There's so many. <laughs> You love you love watching tight ends, man. I do, man. I, just, <laughs> I, lo- I think George Kittle might have, you know, inspired that for me. Yeah. Hey, I mean, your your Chigakonko thing, man. He was a, he was a guy you liked a lot. And he balled. Yeah. So. Uh, I love Maz- tight ends. Yeah, Mozzie's tight end sleepers. If uh, whatever we got, if we have any guys we go through that aren't projected to be top picks, we'll we'll give them the Mozzie stamp of approval for like late round grabs but um there we go anyway thank you all for uh tuning in you can find us online at mozzie on twitter at mozzie and muscle and if you found us on the podcast you've already made it but if someone told you about it or you want to tell someone about it tell them to look up fantasy football with mozzie and the muscle and thank you for tuning in we will be back soon